Hello, and welcome to another episode of Body Liberation for All. I'm your host and decolonized wellness and body image coach, Dahlia Kinsey. I help queer folks of color heal their struggles with shame, self-acceptance through nutrition and self-care so they can live the most fierce, liberated, and joyful version of their lives. I have been interested in instant enlightenment for a really long time, and through research and personal growth, I realized that there's no such thing. But that doesn't stop me from being distracted by or enthralled by any promise of shortcutting personal and spiritual growth. So when I started hearing more about plant medicine and hearing all these over-the-top dramatic stories about how it's changed people's lives in one session, of course, I was interested. So this has been something I have had some personal lived experience with. And what has become really clear is that just like in every area of wellness, where people have monetized something that does have true healing potential, You have to be an educated consumer and really look at whether or not the promises being made feel realistic. It's also extremely helpful from the standpoint of a healer to encourage people to keep their expectations in check because just the way the human brain works and how susceptible so many of us are to suggestion and how much potential there is for disappointment when we set expectations on experiences that yield wildly varying results. It's just best to try and give people a more realistic look at what the medicine can really do. So I'm so happy today to share with you a conversation with two healers that really are invested in the liberation and the growth of the people that they work with, who aren't just out here selling big promises. They're really about the healing work and the transformation. Dre and Charlotte from The Ancestor Project give us some really helpful tips in this episode that I think will help anyone who's considering using plant medicine or sacred earth medicine to continue moving forward in their healing journey. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation. Let's jump right in. Yeah, they might try to put you in a box. Tell them that you don't accept. When the world is tripping out, tell them that you love yourself. Hey, hey, smile on them. Live your life just how you like it. It's your party. Negativity is not invited for my queer folk, my trans, people of color. Let your voice be heard. Look in the mirror and say that it's time to put me first. You were born to win. Head up high with confidence. This show is for everyone. So I thank you for tuning in. Let's go. I am a spiritual being having a human experience. My fundamental nature is pure creative power and unconditional love. 
I'm Dre. I'm, I'm a co-founder of Sabina Project. And we're actually changing our name to the Ancestor Project. But we're honored to be here. And yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I am Charlotte James, the co-founder of the Now Ancestor Project. Thank you so much for being here. That time, I mean, that really, really resonates. I had to do a little research to try and understand where Sabina was coming from. But can you tell us about that and what made you feel like a title change was more in alignment? So, you know, as healers, a, a big part of uh, being, in my, in our opinion, to be an effective healer is to do a lot of self-reflection, Right. So when we came up with the name, the Sabina project, it was because we were, Charlotte was at a talk and there was uh, a mention, uh, and I'll let her tell the story, she told much better than me. There was a mention of Maria Sabina, uh, but it was mentioned in a very like, they, they spent a lot of time deifying all these uh, white men and, you know, acting as if they discovered mushrooms and, the, and these traditions. And so, oh, yeah, I also want to give some, a, a big shout out to Maria Sabina in the story, right? And there's an there's a important backstory behind that. Actually, you know, there, she, there was a tremendous amount of pain and suffering that she experienced uh, after sharing this medicine with Gordon Watson, who lied to her to get her to share a candlelight ceremony. You know, one of her, her, her children was murdered, her house was burned down. The Mexican government uh, treated her like a drug dealer. wasn't a, wasn't a good experience, right? And the West likes to, likes to just talk about, you know, like Orgar Watson came down there. He had an experience. He was supposed to keep it secret, but then he wrote this article in Life uh, magazine, and then all these Westerners, you know, uh, besieged her home her village, and that was not good for the family. So, during that this talk. Charlotte stood up and looked and started breaking this down. Like, oh, we, we need to do a little bit better job of venerating this an ancestor. And so after the talk, she was like, we were thinking about a name. She's like, we need to call it Sabina Project. The point is we wanted to, this was a great example of cultural appropriation, right? And how the West takes advantage. However, we didn't ask Maria or Sabina for permission to, to use her name, right? We thought it was a good idea. And even though our intentions were well, we were in effect doing the same thing we were calling in to other individuals. So in self-reflection, the change in the name. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Better do some soul searching, some ego checking. <laughs> um, and yeah, we want to continue to be an example um, in the psychedelic space and to not just walk the walk or not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. And also, you know, as we expand in this work, the truth is that the traditions that we practice, that we learn from, that we venerate, and that we come from are not just one tradition. And so we wanted to have a name that was more inclusive of all of the ancestors that we can thank and venerate for where we are now so yeah we're the ancestor project 
That's fascinating that it came up for you in that context. What initially led you to be interested in using plant medicine as a healing tool? Was it first a tool you used personally or something you just wanted to explore because of some other reason? So we definitely work off of the mindset that the medicine calls you in and it happens in a number of different ways for different people we both have really seemingly like on the surface very different introductions into our path in this work i first started using cannabis when i was 14 and i think it's really I know that it was incredibly supportive in helping sort of chill out some unrecognized high-functioning anxiety tendencies and really supported me in like moving through high school and college. And then in college, I mean, I think at that point, my mind was already very open. Uh, I had had a lot of mind-expanding experiences. And so when other psychedelics or plant medicines like were offered up, I was open to the idea of exploring that. And, and yeah, whether I was doing it incredibly intentionally back then, it certainly was like key to getting me to where I am as a person today. I know for me personally, it's always felt like Everyone around me who's part of the dominant culture uses drugs recreationally at some point in their lives without fear of it completely changing the course of their life. But I always felt like I better not touch any of that with a 10-foot pole because the minute I even think about something that's restricted, like the man's just going to pop through a wall or something. That was always my concern. And it feels even more outrageous that a lot of these medicines were in the hands of the people that now are not allowed to use it. And then on a level, the narrative is still that, oh, this is restricted. But no, it's only really restricted for some people. So how do you encourage folks of color who want to access the healing potential of plant medicine to do so? Because I know there are some things that are legal here in the States that maybe aren't as highly publicized that could also be useful. And then there are places you could travel to where you could explore other types of medicine without as much worry. And then there's different worry about like, can you trust the provider? How do you set the setting? What advice would you give someone who is just starting to think about possibly exploring plant medicine? Mm, Good question. Great question. And, and then, you know, the answer is layered. First thing is, you know, back to what she, you know, Charlotte said before, the, the medicine calls you and then you answer the call, right? These medicines are millions of years older and wiser. So the first thing. The second thing is, is that understand that all of the information that you have learned has been, you, you have been information that's been shared to you by the person who's colonized you. And imprison your your black body, right? That and your mind, right? So 
why would you trust them? Right. And you should start asking the question, why, wh why is it that, you know, an African-American male has, is 900% more likely to be arrested for simple possession uh, of cannabis in a state like Maryland used before it was legalized when in that state we use cannabis at a low rate. So the reality is true that there's a significant difference in the types of punishments that we receive or, or how these laws are enforced, right? On the other hand, that we will not liberate ourselves from this oppression logically, right? We have to use both sides of our brain. Our superpowers come from getting connected with these medicines. It is the path to our collective liberation, right? So if you want to spend another generation explaining to your children why they have to act differently and be treated differently because of their color, then you go ahead and do that. If you want to be on the liberation train, you're going to have to use some tools outside of the ones that you, we've all tried that have not worked, right? We've had a black president. <laughs> we've, you know, how much evidence do we need to have before you, before we realize that like what we're doing, protest and march and all that great stuff, getting people in power, that's, that's not really the answer, right? But there is an answer, right? And it's, it, it, it is that our ancestors, this, this, this medicine comes from our ancestors. Our ancestors use these medicines and the way, the reason, the why, and how they use these medicines were effective tools and they will get us to a place of liberation, right? If that's important to you, right? Some folks, you know, this lifetime, they're not ready to be liberated. Right? For those who aren't, this is the way, this is the path forward. And then how do you approach these medicines? Well, I would say the surrender to the idea that these medicines can support you. And then you, well, well, what tends to happen is the universe will open up for you and provide you with access. The pathways will come to you. When the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. The first thing is you have to get past your fear of these constructs, right? You know, this is the same government. If you think about all the, most of the medications that you've been given that, that quote, quote unquote safe, right? Most of them have significant contraindications. Aspirin kills 5,000 people a year. Again, we don't need this, we could spend a month showing how much of the, the ethos and the thought process and the belief systems that you have, in, you have been inculcated with are nonsense. For example, they share ideas like black folks are lazy, but they used our black bodies for free to, to work so clearly, you know, so they send it, they tend to transfer their sins onto us. So we've got to stop believing, at the very least questioning their ideas, philosophies, and belief systems and seeing them for how corrupt they really are, right? How much abuse it, it causes. I would say that would be the first step, right? It's just a, like really, really do begin to deconstruct your colonization because they don't have to actually control your body anymore. They've got control of your mind. So is that why for you, this is such a key part of the liberation process is because at this point, a lot of the feelings of imprisonment are just ingrained mentally and they're not physically there anymore. A lot of the barriers are gone, but it's hard to see them. Yeah. I mean, colonization is self-replicating. Patriarchy is self-replicating. These abusive structures self-replicating. So all you need to do is brainwash one generation and we just self-replicate, we QT perpetually. We still, as people of color, talk about use light skin and dark skin in our communication. We, you know, we're so brainwashed in so many ways. 
in so many dysfunctional ways, you know, relating. We still, we are more religious about Abrahamic traditions than they are. We, we hold on tight to those traditions tighter than they do, right? We got to take a deep breath, right? And just realize that we make different, different choices in our lives. And then once you start tapping into that stream of consciousness, all the opportunities to connect with these medicines, they'll be available for sure. And when you connect deeply with your spirit, you're, you're protected for sure. You both seem to radiate calmness, and this has been a really trying time for everyone, and you're also working. Healers experience a lot of stress because of what people bring to you, and then because people want to block you from doing your work. There's so many levels. Mm. Even in what you just shared, I can hear a balance because in the last webinar that I attended of yours, I saw that there were clearly colonizer descendants present as well, but you're able to face the fact of just the horrors of the damage that colonization has done mm. and allow descendants into the space. Mm. How do you find that, that place kind of, of, I guess, equanimity where you can hold room for both? Mm. If I could start on that one i think part of what we recognize and also teach especially when we focus on anti-racism work is that we have actually all been colonized away from our animistic and indigenous shamanic traditions and this is oftentimes the root cause of cultural appropriation to bring it full circle is that folks are so disconnected from their own traditions that they begin to take from others and do so in a disrespectful and non-reverential way. So we hold, you know, our like first true community offering that we still carry through is our BIPOC integration circle that we do twice a month. And that's a time for us to come together with our BIPOC family and just talk about our experiences with the medicine and our experiences in the world, reintegrating the insights that the medicine gives us into a world in which we do exist within structures that are built to oppress us. But outside of that, our space is open to those who are willing to sit in their discomfort and face the role that their ancestors played in getting us into the place that we are now and also the role that they play in perpetuating it. I know, I think you came to the uh, microdosing to dismantle oppression workshop or masterclass and, you know, the whole, our conversation around working with these medicines for personal transformation is working to dismantle the systems of impression that we've internalized so that we can stop projecting them and replicating the systems of abuse externally. And so, you know, we keep our community open to that conversation. Mm. I also, you know, I'm a biracial person. And so I have to contest with that in my own identity as well. And so you know, I, I think it's important to be authentic to our lineages and our experiences in this space as Black folks with many different 
backgrounds and nationalities and, and heritages. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was recently reading, you know, the historian and the person who specializes in genealogy that's always on PBS with famous folks. I think it's Henry Lewis. Right. So it's so interesting in his book, he points out that so many Black families have these stories of Native American or First Nations ancestry. And it's almost never the case. It's almost always European ancestry. And so this is something that a lot of Black Americans struggle with, reconciling that no one is 100% anything. That's just literally not a thing. And because of how binary race is seen in the States in particular, that can be really difficult for people to deal with because how we're socialized is typically going to be one or the other. Like people don't let you just fully be yourself. Mm -hmm. So how has the medicine affected your ability to maintain your peace (laughs) just in everyday life, dealing with all the layers and all the work that you have to do to fully accept yourself mm. in a world that makes that a little tricky. You asked me some good questions today. I got to think about this question. You know, the word that keeps coming up for me, and this is the question, the last question is love, right? So we start from there. We are homo sapiens. Some of us have 4% of our DNA might be Neanderthal, right? And some of us have a little bit, about 6% Dionysian, but we're, we are homo sapiens, the species. Okay. We are also, uh, carbon based creatures and everything in this universe is made out of carbon. Every one of us is relatives at, at the end of the deal. This, the conversation we're having specifically now is about a 3D reality, right? That does not exist in the conscious space, like in the Maya, the the illusion that we walk around the walking dead that I like to call it this, this illusion, we do live in a very abusive experience, right? But if you transcend, there is a, we have the ability to transcend this reality, right? And then bring back that power back to this 3D world so that instead of us being the genius, that the genius moves through us, right? And for us, and that the universe conspires on our behalf, right? I think one of the reasons why the Abrahamic traditions in colonization have been so successful is that they got us disconnected from the other part of our brain. We've been using that logical linear pathway that only just stores information and we've gotten disconnected with the feeling side of ourselves, right? So what we are encouraging every human to do is understand the name that you chose before your parents were born, right? In this reality, right? Yeah. So I think, I think really at the end of the day, deep healing starts with having deep radical self-love for yourself, not defining yourself by anyone else's ideas, except for yourself, your true essence, right? And then when you're radically deeply in love with yourself, you have so much compassion and love for the rest of us, right? Most of the trauma that we are experiencing in humans, most is from other humans. 
It's not from a debilitating disease. And most of that trauma is simply the words that another human uses towards us, right? It's that, it's that dad, your dad telling you he'd love you when you were six and now you're 80 and you're still traumatized by that experience, right? That's what most of us are dealing with, right? So we want to get deeply in love with ourselves, right? And then once you're deeply in love with yourself and really understand your true desire, your true essence, the medicines allow you to get out of your own way and allow you to track the, the experience that you really want to live and embody. That sounds like deep spiritual work. Yeah. Does it matter what traditions accompany this type of healing? Well, first, can you kind of tell us what animism is? Because that isn't something we hear about a lot in the West. So I think the easiest way to think about it is this is begin to see yourself as part of this great collective that we call the earth, right? And you're, you're one of many different organisms and you're related to all these things, right? And to develop a deep reverence and respect for those things and for yourself. That's what all hunter-gatherer traditions practice, right? A deep connection. Some of it was aligned with the food they were eating as well, for sure, and how they survived. It was a deep connection and reverence for self. And then the other part of that was our ancestors, they used these medicines not to deal with just the thing that was the source fracture, but it was also to deal with that source fracture because they wanted to be a greater, wanted you to be a greater participant in the tribe, in the society. So it's heal yourself and then heal the rest of the community. So if you have both of those two things aligned, that's the tradition, that's the practice. And if you... You can go anywhere in the world, right? And, and find our ancestors practice these, these ways before, you know, war and colonization and conquering became like the in vogue, you know, when we just mind our business. Yeah. To just, it's this idea that every living and even what we would consider non-living being on this planet has carries spirit and is alive and that we are an intrinsic part of that i don't know if you've ever seen the graphic and it's like one side will say ego and there's like a little person on top and then various different kinds of animals underneath the person and then on the right side it will say eco and it's like the person as part of in a circle with all of these other beings and so mm -hmm. it's the idea shamanism is really the idea of going from a dominion model mm. which is you know, right like where there's a dominant culture there's norms that are accepted as a, a, a dominant way of life to living in i forget the term that that like shamanism uses but to living in, in equanimity with everything around us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can find that tradition in on the continent of Africa, in the Amazon, and also in Nordic tradition, in Viking tradition, in Russian tradition. So that's not something that is specific to black and brown cultures something that is specific to indigenous culture and there's indigenous culture around the world. 
but I thought that the question you asked around like does it matter what traditions you focus on in this like realm of healing or sort of the like sacred earth medicine healing space and I think a lot of what we talk about is educating folks on the like lineages that these medicines and traditions come from because you'll see now that there's a lot of research being done around how these medicines work and what they heal and can cure in us and really our ancestors already did the research on how to safely and effectively use these medicines to uh, support our collective liberation and so for us it's it's important to learn from these traditions to to understand the context of the medicine but again circling back to this you know idea that we all now are very like sort of pluralistic in our identities it also means that you can work with more than one tradition and there's not sort of dogma around that aspect of it yeah and there's not even that much dogma within the traditions frequently right now that's refreshing and that's very different from like a colonizer perspective everything's always very one or the other confining so I've noticed that especially here in the states it just seems like members of the dominant culture are running this healing space mm. what have you noticed is the difference in how folks of color or maybe not even folks of color in general just how you specifically how is this tool different when it comes through you basically tired of being at odds with your body sick of diets and weight cycling that make you feel like trash would you like to finally make peace with food so that you can focus on what your actual purpose in life is what would your life look like if you trusted your intuition and let your true desires guide your actions this episode is brought to you by the mastering intuitive eating and self-trust total transformation package this is the program for you if you're ready to heal your relationship with food once and for all. This isn't another generic bod pause coaching program. This program is centered on liberation. Together, we'll free you from chronic dieting, poor self-image, and self-doubt. Nutrition is a tool that we use to reconnect to your inner wisdom and your sense of self-worth. This three-month coaching program will give you the sustainable results you've been looking for. By the end of our time together, you'll have a firm grasp on intuitive eating. You'll be at peace with your body and aligned with your purpose and your true desires. If that sounds good to you, just visit daliakinsey.com slash coaching. Ancestral practices. You know, when both of us have been in predominantly white spaces uh, before, and there's a lot of uh, sensationalism about the medicine itself and the proper, what's the dose? And I saw this, but when you get around predominantly ascending cultures, there tends to be a conversation around practice, around respect, around reverence and connection with your ancestors. It's a really beautiful and refreshing. I, I don't, I don't think we've done last year we did I don't know, we did every two, first and third 
Sunday, we do integration circle. And I don't think we've ever had a conversation about an experience and what was the dose and all that type of stuff, you know, a sensationalized experience. Well, my partner checked me yesterday, I think it was a few days ago, because they're part of the dominant culture. And they're like, every time I walk by the office, all I hear (laughs) is what feels like this blanket term that includes me. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good for me. And I said, well, maybe I need to start looking for ways to address the reality of the situation is that we are dealing with fallout from colonization. But then also, like you said, it happened to everyone, really. Mm -hmm. I think it's clear who is suffering the more violent end of it, but everyone is suffering. So I'm experimenting with that, (laughs) that term. Yeah. It's also interesting because we are using, you know, to try to have these conversations, but ultimately we're used in our colonizer's language, right? Which is very limited, right? And it ultimately pushes us to put ourselves in these silos where we separate, you know, like whiteness is not actually a thing. It doesn't act, it's not real, but 1608 became a reality and we've been perpetuating this nonsense, black and white forever. And it just separates us and keeps us from not focusing on, you know, the the reality is that even your white brothers and sisters out there, most of those folks, all those folks have been victims of colonization. If you think about, you know, what the Wiccans endured by the colonizers, right? Before they came over here, they were setting those folks on fire and putting them on crosses for, for their belief systems, right? So we've all suffered a tremendous amount of abuse. And then what happens is, you know, the, the abuse is, is heavy and it's tremendous. And so you, you begin to assimilate, you know, like the board, right? It, it, it's, it's, yes. It's, right, it's, it's, you assimilate, right? The, the pressure, it, it, it pressured, you know, you know, I mean, we, we notice in our own communities where folks have self-hatred and they treat their own folks worse than the the perceived dominant culture does. So there are so many levels. When did you become clear on your personal dedication to being liberated and wanting to liberate others? When I get there, I'll let you know. Like every day, every day I realize in how many ways I am complicit in the abuse. Just a real simple example. For years I would teach uh, young men, how to survive a police encounter, you know, roll, crack your window, put your hands on the steering wheel, put the dome lad on, ask for permission, you know, how to survive a police encounter. And during that time, it must've been like 10 years I was teaching this training, very proud of all this training. It never occurred to me that in addition to doing that, I should be dismantling the system that causes me to have to teach black boys to act differently in a police encounter, right? So we all complicit. I joined the military. Right. So, you know, I've, I've been brainwashed just like the rest of us, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's part of even, even that is part of the, this narrative, right, of that we like compare our trauma to each other to say who was more or less traumatized. And that means I should be in this place or that place on my journey. No. 
we all respond to trauma differently and we all have been trying the same way we've all been colonized we've all been traumatized to different degrees so you know i think it's just like we are we're humans you know like we we may do medicine work or be at a different place in our medicine journey but like we still come back to the 3d every time right and have to deal with the human stuff yeah I think that's really helpful because sometimes from the outside, you just think the people who seem really far ahead of you in their spiritual journey had an easier time or maybe were less traumatized and less brainwashed than you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, this, this sort of circles back to one of your earlier questions that we didn't necessarily, I feel like, answer completely, which is this question of like how you begin a relationship with the medicine or how you find a practitioner or a facilitator or a scent a retreat center that is going to be safe and supportive so we do our virtual bipoc circles twice a month we do master classes virtually around once a month and, and sometimes we do series as well and then in person we work with combo medicine and hape or rape which are two legal sacred earth medicines and so they're both a really like they they support us in being able to support our community and in a way that we can like talk about very publicly because they are legal medicines and rape is even a medicine that you can begin building a relationship with on your own so we do virtual ceremonies where we send out mm. medicine to people and then we gather together on Zoom and teach them how to how to administer that medicine and work with it. Mm. Tell me about the services that you have available right now and what people who live in your area can do with you and what people who are farther away can mm. work with you on. So I think it's a couple of things. It's funny what you said. There's that meme of like a kid trying to step like six steps up the stairs at once. And, you know, the first couple of rungs are like meditation, drinking a gallon of water a day, breath work. And then like rung six is psychedelics. And he's like trying to hop to this to psychedelics. <laughs> so nothing's a magic pill. And that is why we focus a lot on the preparation and integration, because it's a lot about taking the downloads that you receive in ceremony and then turning those into daily action. Because you're not just what we are not encouraging is like constantly running back to the medicine without doing the the work to integrate the lessons. So yeah, this question around around being committed once once you answer the call of the medicine making a commitment like a holonic or holistic commitment to your well-being is what is going to move the journey along but like coming to the medicine and then not changing any of your habits or behaviors or belief systems is like not not going to work Now, with that type of plant medicine, the experiences that you're going to have, are they more subtle and it's more like a supportive aid versus there's some other things 
you know, everybody always wants a shortcut, myself included. There's some things that she fantasized that, oh, I'm going to take this thing. I'm going to go on this retreat and I'm going to be in light by the end of the weekend. Mm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not a thing ever. But what do you find people have the most resistance around? Is it that it's still a journey? It's still a lot of work or that we have all these really hyped up fictional perceptions of what plant medicine is going to be like? Mm. I mean, you. We have that example today, right? There's lots of people in the, I'm not comfortable with the word dominant culture. And what you see is people doing lots of psychedelics and lots of mushrooms and LSD and all those types of things. And then they create companies that churn out more abuse, right? They, you know, like in Silicon Valley, it's, it's popular to do, to drop acid or to do uh, mushrooms so that they can be more, they can work harder, longer. Right. And create more apps to create, to create more addictions to us. Right. So clearly doing these medicines without the right set and setting or the, the right wine, the right guidance is not effective. Right. And the difference, the big difference is in the West, what you have is young people traditionally experimenting or leading the way in this conversation. Our ancestors, the elders would bring the young, young, young ones to a rite of passage. It's time for you to take on a new role and responsibility as part of a member of this community. And they would do ceremony to, to move them to that next level. So there was a reason, there was a why, and there was a how to do these things. Not folks, you know, dropping acid and drinking alcohol and with their friends listening to, you know, intense music with people that they'll trust in an unsafe space, right? And that causes trauma, right? So there's definitely doing these medicines. There is no magic pill. And just like the movie Matrix, you know, once you take that pill and you realize how unconscious you are, how complicit you are in everyone's abuse to include your own, right? The trauma that you're reliving daily, the stories that, that you, the poison that you've ingested and that you are reliving and the embodiment of that poison over and over again. The, the person who told you you were unloved, lovable and unworthy you, in, you in, ingested that poison, and now every morning when you wake up, you tell yourself that story over and over again. You reinforce it, right? That's the reality, right? So it's these, you, you could potentially have a, what they call a rebirth experience, your very first ceremony, sure. But all that would mean is that you would realize how many more layers of work you need to do, right? And then there's your ancestor. You need to support your ancestors, your parents, right? on their struggles and your ancestors and, and that whole line, right? And then there's the, the rest of the community that needs to be healed, right? By We encourage you to take the pill, but it's definitely not a magic pill. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning of many, many layers of learning how to love yourself deeply and compassionately and love other people deeply and compassionately, compassionately at the same time. In your perception, where are the downloads coming from when you're in ceremony, is it from you and your subconscious or to some part of you that's connected to something bigger mm. from an ancestor or like a guide? Yeah. So I, I'm going to just say normally, I, this is the first time I've done this. We're, we're not going to answer that question because I think it's like a spoiler alert, right? I think that there's a, the West has this tendency of asking a last question, right? 
But in some minor practices, you know, your job is as an apprentice, you spend a lot of years watching and listening and, and observing, right? And this is the thing. It's about the experience. The experience will, will clarify it for yourself, right? But I don't want to give you too much information. And then, and then it becomes a, well, I just heard this someplace. So maybe this is, how do I know this is even real for me? Right. Cause I heard it. So it, somebody told me that I should see an anaconda and now I see an anaconda. So is it, a, is am I really seeing an anaconda because it's there or is it? So, you know, what, what I can tell you is, is that every person who has had a, uh, a, a mystical experience with these medicines say it is one of the top five experiences of their life. I will tell you as a person who the birth of my daughter was the greatest honor and privilege of my life to see her being born the first five minutes to skin touch. Even the story about how I had to get skin touch, had to fight with the nurses to, to get her on, on my chest. It was a seminal experience. But sitting down with ayahuasca was the most important decision I've ever made. In my, I would not be half the father I am today or a human if it was not for sitting with these, is sitting and and, and uh, surrendering to these medicines. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I'm, thank you for, for saying that, Dre, because I think this goes back to, you know, the difference of what we see in our integration circles. And one of our, one of our key group agreements is not interpreting other people's journeys. Mm -hmm. But I think we also don't really hear like, in circle, people are not really saying, like giving a play-by-play -play of what they saw, what they heard, what they, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's so much more about building this relationship of trust with yourself and the medicine so that you're open to receiving whatever the medicine brings. And the medicine always brings what you need, not necessarily what you want. Mm -hmm. this can, it can be challenging but it does always bring you what you need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. I will mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Now I will tell, I will tell you, mm -hmm. I, I apologize for not answering that question, but I will give you a, a, a little hit on the other side, right? So part of what this is about is asking a better question. And the question is, what are the habits, beliefs, ideas, and people that no longer serve me that I'm excited to let go of? And what are the habits, beliefs, people, and ideas that I'm excited to, and this word is important, attract. Not, notice it's not you doing something, like you creating something, like you're the, the it's you simply just allowing the universe to conspire on your behalf, attract those things into your, to your life. So that question is how, is, is, is how you begin to develop a, a, a deep and powerful intention in your ceremony. Then you have the ceremony, which give, make that gives you an awareness to all these questions, right? And then after you have the awareness, then you're, now it's time to do the work. It's time to do the work. Yes, thank you for saying that. That is what I like distracted myself. But I think also in not answering that question too directly, it's like we don't want to set expectations because the whole purpose is to come with strong intentions and have no expectation of the medicine. When people are trying to do their integration, do they ask themselves those questions again or look for ways to, okay, to just get clear on what 
revelations do they think they had? Mm-hmm. Okay, great question. So if a person is privileged enough to do a ceremony, come to ceremony, right? Part of it is that you, you come to ceremony with lots of reverence and a little bit of concern, fear, right? Uh, uh, you know, because it's a big, it's a big deal what you're doing. Uh, and thoughtfulness, a tremendous amount of thoughtfulness in the process. You're getting prepared for this ceremony. And then the goal is to live a life of ceremony, right? To live a life of thoughtfulness and prayer and reverence and connection to yourself and to everything, right? It's to pay attention to your compulsions and not react to your compulsions, but react to the thing that is the highest, best good for yourself, right? And so these medicines will help you, again, understand the name that you chose, you chose before your parents were born, right? The egoic part of ourselves, right, is the self that can be the deceiver, right? Oh, I really need that sugar or I need that alcohol, all those other things because I'm feeling, I need to feel a hope, right? I need to take some external source to feel it. But then when you're radically in love with yourself, there's no, there's no hills to feel. I'm in love. So I, the only thing I need to do is continue to nourish myself and connect with others and create an environment, a nourishing environment. Like that's my role, my path. Is that the purpose of your life, do you feel? All of our lives. And then, you know, the question, those questions, you're going to, I mean, I would say you ask that question daily. Like, this is the daily inventory. Like, each morning when you get up, right, part of the mantra is to do, is to do an inventory of all those aspects of, your, of yourself. It's really beautiful. When you realize that you are now no longer on autopilot, right? Just going, you know, just living the life that other people told you. And now you're in control of your movie, your story, and your experience today. That's really super exciting. Hmm. And also scary too, right? Because now you can't point fingers at anybody else anymore, right? You have to really take responsibility for your own experience, right? It is nuanced though, because remember in the 3D reality that we live in, there are still structures. There is a a governmental system that, you know, that is quite oppressive towards people of color. Right? So that is, a rea- not just here in America, all over the world. Yeah, so we also have to, you know, pay attention to that reality as well. Yeah. If there was just one thing you could say to the listeners and they would understand it instantly and carry it with them for the rest of their lives, what would you want for people to know? Mm. Well, every one of us has superpowers. It is true that you're probably never going to tap into those superpowers until you can connect with these plant medicines and surrender to these medicines. They're older and wiser than you as a homo sapien will ever be. They have knowledge and traditions and teachings and wisdom. Like they're your oldest relatives. So sit with those relatives and they will open a doorway, a pathway healing and liberation like we never could dream. We don't need to live in the experience of suffering. We don't need to continue to perpetuate this idea that we are victims, right? We're, We're kings and queens, but we have to step into our power. This is your path. I would say give yourself the gift of living your life in ceremony. 
That's really powerful. Oh, that was so good. Thank you so much for coming on. How do you think is the best way for people to connect with you? Right now, you can find us on Instagram as The Sabina Project. And our site is thesabinaproject.com. Those things will be changing soon, but you'll still be able to find us. It'll it'll reroute <laughs> to where you need to go. Okay, perfect. Well, and once you have your new links, I'll make sure to put those in the show notes as well. Okay, cool. Thank, thank you, you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're honored to be here. Um, everybody, we love you. Yeah. Right, we love you. And let's do this. I love how grounded and realistic the insights and advice Dre and Charlotte offered are. I encourage you to check out The Ancestor Project on social media and also check out their integration circle that's specifically for BIPOC people who are working with plant medicine maybe on their own. I need a place to get the most out of their experiences and fully integrate what they've learned in their daily life. Remember, the only fee for the show is that you share it with others anytime you hear something useful. And these days, I'm pretty confident that is every episode. So feel free to take a screenshot and share that you've been listening to Body Liberation for All. And what was your takeaway from this episode? Remember that Decolonizing Wellness is now available for pre-order. And if you're listening to this after February of 2022, it's just available. It's out in the world. Please check out the show notes and go ahead and order your copy. All right. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time. Yeah, they might try to put you in a box. Tell them that you don't accept. When the world is tripping out, tell them that you love yourself. Hey, hey, smile on them. Live your life just how you like it. It's your party. Negativity is not invited for my queer folk, my trans, people of color. Let your voice be heard. Look in the mirror and say that it's time to put me first. You were born to win. Head up high with confidence. This show is for everyone. So I thank you for tuning in. Let's go.